0: From the Los Angeles underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex.
1: It's like honey in your ear holes.
0: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. Where we talk about what if you had to give a like a one or two sentence byline, like I'm going to say, welcome to Superiority Complex, the show where blank, blank, blank. What are you going to say, John? What would you say? Well, we talk about stuff. The show where we talk about stuff. Uh, Jake, what would you say? Yeah, Uh, yeah, we talk about nerdy stuff. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, the podcast where we talk about nerdy stuff. What's your what's your pitch, Patrick? Everything and nothing all at the same time. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, the show that's about everything and nothing all at the same time. I like that,
2: Patrick.
0: I like that. Yeah. Mikey Bags, any suggestions? Uh, Mario badmouths the Beatles and everybody deals with it. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Superiority Complex, the podcast where the host regularly badmouts the the Beatles and everyone just has to deal with it. That's a good one, too. That's a runner-up. I like that one. All right. It's the show for this week. It's going to be the show about everything and nothing all at the same time. That is true. Absolutely. About, absolutely um, true this week.
3: How about the show you love? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, okay. The show you love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like the show you love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to do that little sideways, the little... The little escape from Manila head head bob. That's what you want to do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so great! I just love it. Why couldn't they've been murdered in the Philippines? I don't know, Mario.
0: I don't. <laughs> I didn't say that. I did not say. So, I right, so. I didn't. That's say, basically what you said. That is not what I said. I said if they're so great, why didn't they just get out of the car and not w- w- wiggle their little <laughs> heads, their little mop heads? And just uh, crowd, and uh, uh, just charm the crowd, right there. Just give it a little. Charm. It's
4: not, not what he, not what he said.
0: I am not. I want to go back and find that show. Yeah, he did say that. Nope, did I did say, well, not say funny. I wanted the Beatles to get point, murdered. Never, ever, ever have I implied oh, that. Oh, in so many words, <laughs> in so many words, have I, have I lamented, have I lamented their existence? Yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You said that you would not be upset if they got a little beat up.
0: No, yeah, but oh no, that would have been great—just roughed up by the crowd. I don't think
1: <laughs> see about the hey, look, man, look. I don't feel bad
0: about the. Look, every band has been in a, some kind of like dust up, at the, as the British say, and they've gotten in a, some fisticuffs, some fisticuffs. I mean, Mick Avery from the Kinks took a a, a ride symbol to the to the forehead uh, from Dave Davies, so it's or the other way around. So you know, other way around. You know, you can't. Uh, you
3: know, what, Mario. Uh, the Kings, had, the Kings arguably had it worse. They were banned from America for three years, right? So they, in a way, they had it worse.
0: And they didn't <laughs> have any any cool head wiggle to, to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool great that <laughs> look. Patrick and Jake are doing. They are like the the Lennon and McCartney of this show. They did it perfectly.
1: Wait, wait. wait. who's who?
0: Uh, I don't. know. Who do you want to be? It. Who's Lennon and who's McCartney? <laughs> oh, Jake's definitely the McCartney. Jake yeah. would Jake would definitely write a uh, wonderful Christmas time.
4: <laughs> and Justine Chirico.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's she's she's, she's definitely going to break up the podcast, Justine. So mm-hmm. with her with her with her sixes. So, yeah, yeah, that's
3: right. So
0: that's perfect.
3: I'm the uh, I'm fucking professional. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right on, Michael.
0: <laughs> John, you're the John, you're the George Harrison. You're you're the you're secretly the heart of the podcast.
3: I'm the I'm the Pete Best. You kick me out right before it goes big.
0: <laughs> no, I'm the uh, I'm no one. Right
3: before you go national.
0: <laughs> I'm the George Martin. I'm just in my suit trying to get the That's sound great. right. That's right.
3: That's right. You really would be because you're the guy. You're the guy that knows music backwards <sighs> and forward, and uh, you'd be like, "Okay, come on. All right, that's enough joking around. The mics are on." You
0: know, right. Like, We're wasting tape here, fellas. Fellows. Wasting tape. Fellows.
3: Until they make you. Until they make you your first, you know, million, and then you're like, that's ah, okay. We got all the time in the world. Look at
0: that. <laughs> Look at that, John. We talked about the Beatles for two minutes, and I was not complaining I about know. it at all. See?
3: I always trick you into it. <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah. laughs> proud of You're proud of you. You've done, you've mm-hmm. done good. <laughs> that was great. See? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know you should be glad. Hmm. Uh, air, air right. uh, you know what? I did have the Beatles rock band. I'll tell you that. I, bu- I did buy the Beatles rock band. I, I, Why? Because uh, my daughter There's loved the Beatles at the time. So they, ah. you know. And they did the That's little great. head shake. They did mm-hmm. it. How did, that, how did that
3: happen? Did she it's just sort it. of get into them by.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I used to play everything for her. And, and uh, I think she liked uh, uh, Obladio so Blada. Obla like she heard Obladio Blada somewhere and she liked it. And then. What a uh, good, is dad. good song. And then afterwards it what was, uh, she like, here comes the sun. She liked that one too. <laughs> dad loves Beetles. the Beatles. Hmm. Hey, if my kid like, uh-huh. look, if, unless, okay. unless he's, anything short of her sticking a fork in an electrical socket, if it was, <laughs> if, if it was something that she liked, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to deny her that. I mean, she, she can come up to her, uh-huh. she can come up with her own conclusions about music. I don't want to be one of those dads that's like, you are not allowed to listen to this because that's awful. That's that you don't want to raise a kid that way, right?
2: I wouldn't do anything like that.
0: Right. It just makes them want to listen to it more. Yeah. Now she hates. Now she she hears the Beatles. Now she hears the Beatles, and she's like, "Oh, I get it. I get why you don't. This is."
3: (laughs) 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 You're really bonding. You're really bonding at those Beatles bonfires.
0: It's
2: like
3: uh, father and daughter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of true. a little bit of a frog in the throat. I went to the Dodger game last night. Dodgers were on this tremendous win streak. Winning left and right. Hitting. Oh, crazy. You ever go crazy. Great pitching. Last night, it all came to a screeching halt because I was there. Had a chance yeah. to go Monday. Didn't go. They won. Went last night instead. Mm. They lost. Mm. You're but I'm superstitious. Uh, I like think I know what to get you for you. I'm first. very superstitious. <laughs> Thirteenth month, 13-month-old 13 baby? Are you kidding me? Hmm. That's that's probably my favorite Stevie Wonder song, Superstitious. That's yeah.
3: Oh that, that's a great one.
0: Uh uh Mikey Baggs favorite Stevie Wonder song. Uh Boogie on Reggae Woman. Hey, there we go. That's a good one too. Patrick, best favorite favorite Stevie Wonder song. I like uh-huh.
1: Superstition. Jake? Uh
4: it's not unusual. No, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't think that's him I know
0: I know, <laughs> I know I'm funny John
4: uh, I think Superstitious would be my favorite, one of my favorites
0: John Sandy what do you say what say you
3: that is a tough one to beat Superstition's great I also like Sir Duke
0: oh that is so that a good one too the one. Uh, what's the one okay, I can't think of the name of it now um uh, uh, um Oh, when he's talking about being a kid, um, I wish. Oh, thank you. That's a good one too. Man, he had that yeah. span of like those three albums. A uh, uh,
3: five. If you count back, he had like five in a row. I think f- like four of them were like Grammy winners. Like right. Album of the year.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Man, that is. Uh, that that what was a run. run. I don't right. know if anyone's had a run like that before the the stones come close you know they have they had 3 uh, you know they had uh, Exile on Main Street and and uh, and
3: uh Sticky everything Fingers. from Baker's Banquet to uh, Exile yeah that's that's 4 in a row yeah right
0: right 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 uh now do, uh, i'm sorry I, I was talking to john yesterday I did send him a text i said i finally watched the batman i it premiered on hbo on monday so patrick you'll have to catch up jake did you catch it no no, Mikey bags. No, is this my homework assignment? No, 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 no. I just want to. I want to discuss it with. John. I won't give any, any spoilers away, but I will. No. I will tell you, John. I mean, I, I'll watch it if you need a synopsis. No, if you guys want to, if you guys want to throw it, I definitely recommend it. If you liked the Nolan trilogy, uh, Pat Francis, our friend, host of the Randall Rock Black. Solid Show, said he said it was no Dark Knight, but it was still uh, a good Batman movie, and uh, I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to say that it's. Probably, my second favorite after the uh, Dark Nights. Really, uh, that's great. A little bit of a different take. They 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 kind of lean on more. It's like John said. It's the early years. He's still trying to figure out how to kind of deal with being Batman and Bruce Wayne. He he hasn't quite adopted the Bruce Wayne persona yet, and he's you know a couple of years into doing his Batman I mean, thing. But you know, he uh,
1: merely adopted the dark. He wasn't born. Into he it. wasn't born into it.
0: Yeah. He merely adopted it. Yeah, he wasn't like it's like people that like Star Wars now. They, you know, they they weren't. Uh, they merely adopted it. I was born into it, Episode molded by born
1: it. one is my favorite. Yeah,
0: I didn't see the prequels until I was I already that. a man. <laughs> <clears throat> Getting a lot of mic mic noise today. I apologize for that. Um, yeah. No, John, I enjoyed so it. it. They do. They do take a different take. It does feel very. Very much like a like a thriller, almost um, kind of like a, a Zodiac or uh, or Seven.
3: I thought, yeah, oh. absolutely. I think he did that on purpose. I think he wanted it to feel like Zodiac right. or Seven. You know, right? Yeah,
0: it definitely has a very seventies kind of vibe to it, almost. Um, there are some nods to some other uh, movies, and uh, you know, definitely influenced by like David Fincher. And stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's own thing, and I think that's got to be my favorite Batmobile because it just looks uh, like not it great? just looks like something somebody threw together in a garage like with somebody's
1: dad's car. <laughs> <you know?
0: laughs> yeah, he basically. He's ready
1: for something new from the DC universe? Like, give Batman, give Superman a break. Let him rest for a bit, right. you know. And you got a big repertoire and a cadre of different heroes and villains. Like, go, go explore. Go, you know, fuck with Polka Dot Man and Calendar. A, bo- uh, uh,
0: bonus points for using Kadra. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Great use of words. You know how to use them. Thank you. Thank That's you. Right. I
3: think the best thing
0: was that Matt Reeves
3: said, uh, he said, I'll take the job on this Batman movie, but with one condition, I don't want to have to tie him in to the rest of the DC characters. I think that was very smart. He said, "I don't have to like figure out where he fits in I mean, with all these other sense. characters." Yeah. yeah,
1: it's just it. I think that that probably does the movie a lot of justice. I mm-hmm. think sure. It. they're just they're at a point where they need to kind of be like, okay, let's start branching out and trying new properties and trying new things and stop going back to the same old thing and rebooting and rebooting and rebooting. Right. Right. Like Marvel,
3: like Marvel well, does. You know what? Yeah, so. This
0: is yeah. almost like if you had done. This is almost like what Never Say Never Again should have been, where it's a different take on the character while you have this other, you know, you have this continuing storyline going on in the DC universe. And then it's just like, hey, we're going to step away and take a look at this character from another angle or another.
1: I I think what would be smart with this film, too, is if they just make it a standalone, don't make a sequel, don't make a prequel, just leave it. Yeah, well, it, let it be it's
0: I wouldn't mind seeing sequels in this in this particular era of Batman. Uh, I'm, so
3: you yeah. know how that works if this makes enough money they'll do a sequel.
1: Yeah, it's just the problem with <laughs> like that is what we've seen is the sequels just kind of start to peter off and downgrade the quality right. of the original. Right. A lot, especially especially with DC films. Like they're and it happens with Marvel films too, but they they tend to you know, kind of write themselves a little bit better. Than right.
0: Marvel's had some clunkers of uh, sequels. Uh, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Two uh, leaps to mind. Uh, Thor Two. Uh, um, but then you get Ragnarok, which I mean is a, yeah, it comes a back.
1: Sequel, but it's but that's what I mean. Like they they kind of fix their situation, where like we'd be kind of fucked up. And I think that's kind of what they're doing with Love of Thunder too is they're kind of being like okay volume 2 was just okay let's try something a little bit different.
0: I apologize for what's about to happen. Sorry oh, about whoa. that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. My god. Yeah, it slid you down. That you guys with, didn't uh-uh. you guys didn't see it but oof. Is that a microphone? Got rise out of us. Is that a microphone mm-hmm. in your studio, or are you just happy to see Michael Bagford? I, for one, am happy to see Michael Bagford, hey our yo. special guest this week. No Justine this week, and our, our other special guest, our other recurring cast member Brent. He had a little uh, uh, surgery today, a little uh, outpatient. He's fine, just a little woozy. Had to have some outpatient surgery today, so uh, you know, give him some positive thoughts. And uh, Justine, uh, she had to she had to work today. Is that what it was?
1: No, it's
0: her nephew's birthday, so she's at Disney. Hey, happy birthday, nephew! At Disneyland, they're at Disneyland right now, not getting on any rides because the ride, the lines are too long. So, hey, happy birthday! Pretty much.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> How's it been? Hey, you've gone a couple times. How's it been?
1: Uh, not bad. It's it hasn't been as crowded as I thought. Um, and the lines, like the whole reservation thing, kind of helps. Uh with the fast pass thing, the genie thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, How much extra am I paying like, for that?
1: Well, so like, it's like 40 bucks, right? Extra, but it's, it can get you across the whole park, but that doesn't include like things like uh, galaxy's edge and uh, the new Spider-Man ride. You have to pay for those separately to reserve a spot. So like they're, they're getting money out of you now.
0: They're going to make up for that last okay. year. COVID year.
1: Oh, 100%. And I'm sure they're already making it hand over fist because people are using it. Mm-hmm. It's convenient. And you look at it and you think, I could spend 15 bucks and not have to wait two hours in line. This,
0: this really addresses that sort of elitist uh, uh, idea that was going around that people should not be able to buy annual passes on on uh, payment plans because it lets too many people in the park. But that's really kind of elitist. They, what they were saying is, look, if you, if you can't afford to go... You shouldn't be able to go. They didn't want to say it that way, but that, that was a sentiment. So now Disney's kind of saying, hey, everybody can have a pass, but guess what? A few, well, the, the chosen few. You don't have to
1: have a pass to do it. If you're just like a, a regular ticket holder where you just bought a ticket, you can also do it. Because all your tickets are digital through the app now. Some of oh. your physical tickets.
0: It's a, it's a far cry from when John and I used to go with our little ticket books.
3: Well, it used to be a family—a family of four could, could go to, at least once a year, and it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna break the bank. But uh,
0: but even then, John, back even be- back then, John, to get on rides more than once, you had to buy extra tickets. Right? There were only so many book tickets yeah, in that book. Yeah, you had to
3: buy the the tickets or the ticket book, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and of course prices were different. But of course, uh, everything was everything was different across the board. The standard of living was different. Sure, you know. Nobody
1: had a white picket fence. No. So. You could have a one-household job and be able to afford a home. Right. Things were different.
0: The good old days. Right. If only there were a candidate <laughs> who was going to take us back to those days.
1: Yeah, you know, trying to make America great again, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> John's frozen. <laughs> we've, we've frozen John.
1: <laughs> His Trump joke <laughs> didn't
0: work. <laughs> no. Get him back. Get him back. Anyway, <laughs> back to the Batman. I would recommend it. Uh, yeah, i give it yeah, give a it, shot, and I'll let you know what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might like it. I, I was kind of the same way where I'm like, do we have to see this again? But uh, I thought it was very well done. I really like the score. Our friend, I think
1: the real important thing for me is, do we see it? Speaking of the score, the uh, Nirvana track is all over the place right now. It's super popular. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, we don't have to see his origin story again, do we? No. Thank God.
0: No. Thank the, God. They do allude to some. They do allude to the Waynes, uh, and they allude, allude to Thomas Wayne in particular. I won't ruin anything for you, but uh, yeah, it's very much a. Uh, he's already, you know, you you can tell he's dealing with it in his own way, but th- he doesn't really talk about it. So, and they they don't. Sh- well, that's how they should do it. Instead of showing the pearls falling, right, right, the, and the
2: alleyway and.
0: They don't. Uh, yeah, they don't show. They don't show the. Uh, they they allude to the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne, but they don't. Um, they don't show it. So you're in good. You're in good hands. Also, the uh, the uh, the relationship with the, uh, Batman and Catwoman very well was actually surprisingly well done. I was, was surprised. The,
1: the comic books where they're actually in love.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a little and bit. Flirty. There's obviously some attraction there, but uh, yeah, you know, they both kind of find themselves in the same situation. You know, they both, uh, you know, they both have this alter ego that, that they tend to go out at night and uh, and do their thing, and so you know that kind of bonds them in a way. But yeah, I, I liked it. I watched the last episode of Speaking of Superheroes. I watched the uh, latest, not the latest this week, but last week after we w- w- ended the show. I watched the. Uh, Next episode of Moon Knight. How are you uh, feeling? How are you feeling about it, Patrick?
1: Uh, I'm actually enjoying it. I thought the visual effects. I'm only caught up to three as well. I thought the visual effects in the last episode were really good, um, and it really kind of drew you in. the The scene with Khonshu towards the end was, you know, really uh, it was well done, and it was quite captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a good job with the character, and they're doing him justice, and I, I, I like that. Um, I haven't watched the next episode yet, and I'm assuming there are going to be more personalities that are starting to show. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, I think they're having to do a lot more, and they're putting a little bit more effort into this because it's only six episodes. They don't have as much time to kind of explore the character.
0: I wonder if they're going to have someone else, because uh, I guess the Moon the moon Knight, the, the, it's, he's possessed, right, by the by the spirit of the, mm, is it, it? That's not the. Kind I, of. So it, it's. So can he in inhabit comics, different people?
1: In the comics, well, so you have the previous rendition, uh, not renditions. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but you've had the previous Moon Knights, like Hero from the this current show, who was a Moon Knight previously. Um, but throughout the comics, for the most part From what I remember, it was pretty much Mark Spector and his Several other personalities all at the same time
0: Okay So it's different personalities of
1: like, Yeah, he had upwards of like 12 to 24 Like he even had Spider-Man, Captain America Wolverine, all of those Within him
0: Oh mm-hmm. So What's so, the difference between Moon Knight and Taskmaster?
1: Uh, Moon Knight actually has abilities. Taskmaster is just really good about fighting and learning people's attack patterns.
0: Okay.
4: He's just super smart.
0: Michael uh, Bagford, favorite. Tactically. Michael Bagford, favorite superhero.
2: Uh, Probably Wolverine. Oh, nice.
1: That's
0: a good one. That is Wolverine a good one. It's a great movie.
1: He doesn't get as much love anymore, but he's still a good one.
0: Yeah, well, you know, because yeah. they, they killed him off in uh, in Old Man Logan.
1: Yeah, but that was, they did that character justice.
0: No. That old was a good movie, man. Yeah, oh.
1: I, I, I thought that for a way for him to end playing that character, I thought that was beautifully done. I still love that movie. Right. It felt like a samurai film. Yeah. Uh,
0: my only complaint about that movie the Cholos in the beginning. Other than that, great, great. But it's
1: the future, Mario. Cholos yeah. are different then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the future, that's the, that's the that's
4: the evolution of the
0: cholo. It's the demolition man version of. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. In the future, all criminals are cholos. Mm-hmm. That's it. Bye, Patrick. We're lo- one by all one. Right. We're losing mm-hmm. people. I don't know what happened to John. I said, Oh, bye, handsome Dan. Oh, he's back. <laughs> oh, you rap scallion you. I you know. ain't I a stinker. You are. I wonder where Patrick <laughs> went. He can still <laughs> hear he can still hear us. Oh. Most likely.
2: All right. Now that's just the three of us, we can talk about pentatonics for the rest of
0: the day. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm down. So oh I picked Oh my god. I picked up uh, I I picked up their new the pentatonic album. Pentatonic power yeah, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love their version of Funky Town. Don't you lie I don't to think me? I've heard a pentatonic song. <laughs> don't you lie to me? <laughs> I don't think you would like it. Uh, I don't know if that's your thing. Is cappella your thing? It might, be, it might be okay. I just haven't really listened to it. I mean, I'm not going to bat my mouth new music. There's good new music out there. There you go, Mike. See, be don't be like me, man. Be be open-minded. Don't be like me. Don't be an old man just, you know, just shaking his fist at all his, ah, these damn kids with their acapella. Urgh. These damn kids
2: Acapella's with their- like in the 90s. <laughs>
0: These damn kids with their Manhattan transfer in their and their boys to men. Yep. Frankie Wyman and the Teenage. Oh man. Why do fools fall in love? And their Huey Lewis in the news. That was an actual band. They played instruments. I oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mikey Baggs favorite Huey Lewis album. This is important.
2: Uh, probably uh picture
0: this the one before. Wow, that's the one with working for a living on it. Yep. That's a great song. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. I hope John's okay. Does anybody is anybody should I pause for a second to
1: no, I think he was he was having internet
4: problems earlier. So oh shit, he hasn't texted. He hasn't messaged.
0: Let me uh, w- let's well, you know, believe it or not, we're twenty four minutes in. Can you believe it? Time has flown Time by. Time keeps on ticking into the future. Into the future. Hmm. Man, gotta
2: watch Men in Black
0: now. Ver Also, little known fact about Mikey Bags. I don't know if you guys know this. Mikey Bags heats up and then he can't cool down. So just uh just be careful with that, all right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did Steve Miller go from writing something great like Fly Like an Eagle to Craft like Abracadabra?
0: It happens, man. Oh, yeah. Fly Famer like an eagle everything. into the future. Uh Fly Like an Eagle is a good song. I'm not gonna I will not deny Steve Miller that. I, I will I will say that. It's catchy. Keeps slipping, 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 Into the future. Uh, how do you feel about the, the Joker and the Midnight Joker? How do you feel about that phase of the Steve Miller experience? Mikey?
2: That's uh, okay. I'm kind of sick of that
0: song. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh,
2: that's an overplayed
0: uh, one. That, that is an overplay. That is an overplay. But I do like Fly Like an Eagle. I'm not going to lie. Uh, all right, let's let's take a quick quick break, and we're gonna fly like an eagle to call John Sandy, and then we'll be right back. So you guys all just right. stay here. I'll be right back. I'll call John Sandy. And we'll restart. Bye. Clicky clicky. <laughs> Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody! What a great break! We rescued John Sandy from the brink of—he uh, was about to uh, beam out into outer space, and we brought him back. How you feeling, John? What
3: a scary photo. Yeah, I'm good. That photo looks crazy. Melting uh,
0: face. Uh, Jake is still in the kind of in a stupor over the fact that I was right. I don't think he. I don't think he expected someone he considers an old person to know that. Okay. I'm just yeah. He
1: didn't know it. To be fair. Like, right. The more surprised. Like of all. Like, right. Of all the people.
0: That's the thing. Of all the people. Just common knowledge. Of all the people I that should know that.
4: I always forget. I always forget to do it. And then when someone's like, "Oh yeah, just reset your," head, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I probably should, huh?" Okay. Right.
0: It's like flushing
4: your toilet. I'm not paranoid like some where they reset it every every week.
1: It's just good habit to have you get your oil changed you you know you reset your modem you do all of those things i've never out, changed
4: right? my oil and my car is just fine
1: Jesus just wow. fine. oh my god
3: <laughs> how long you been driving it
4: a week five years
0: <laughs> Ooh, you've been lucky you've been very lucky jake no
4: i have no i i don't change it as often as i should but i do change it
0: Next round of questioning. You should be able to change your own oil, by the way, as well. What's the longest you've gone without an oil change? How many miles? Mileage-wise, what's the longest you've gone? How many miles? Yeah. 10,000? 12,000? Wow.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Like, six is the max, dude. And if it's an older car, you do, like, three. Yep. With a newer car, you can go all the way to six. If it's an older car, you want to do every three thousand miles.
0: Uh three thousand. I don't know. Three thousand seems. That's that's that a scam. Low. That's a scam. <laughs>
3: yeah. You're now listening to car talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, See, I drove a total twelve
0: thousand miles. My engine's fine. It's well, great. It's here's just, the thing, though, Patrick. Only, Patrick likes to own it's fancy. Sometimes. Magic owns fancy foreign cars, so you do have to keep doing little change buy
1: high-performance vehicles. Right. A it's a minicubberg. And they take a little bit of traffic. Right.
0: They, 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 do, they are, they are high-maintenance. um, yes. But they're a lot of fun to drive. But, you know, the rest of us driving, you know, imports and your domestic cars, you know, we could probably get away with 5,000 miles. Easy 12. Easy Easy 8,000 miles. No no question. Not well, better than know, that's great. Than listen, I'm not going to recommend it, but if you're not driving long distances and you're not putting a lot of mileage on it, maybe you can get away true. with it.
4: I mean, yes, I, I mean, am, but
0: it, it's if, fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I that it's driving habits do make a big difference.
0: Too. Now, Mike, you live in, like, inclement weather. Do you feel like, yeah. that, do you feel like that affects mm-hmm. car performance? Do you feel like you need to be changing your oil more often, like, in the cold weather?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, I need to get my oil changed, but it's like only at three thousand over right now. So.
0: Mikey, take the computer with you and go get an oil change right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what if you do Yeah,
3: that'll make for uh, great radio. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Revenue.
0: Right, he's but under the car. You can do it yourself. It's half the fun. He's under mm-hmm.
3: the car now, and uh, yep. Yeah. That's right. As he's driving, we will go. Da 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 da.
0: Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> a
1: there, I see.
0: Okay, mm. okay. Ta-da. I just had to have an alternator put into my car. Oh, hey, the car's Ouch. sixteen. The car's sixteen years old, so it's fine. Yeah. And I'm never getting rid of it, so you rid can. Rid up. It's you so bad, you have to. You <laughs> no, it's a Toyota. They run forever. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to jump right into the movie this week because uh, John and I have. Uh, John's having internet trouble. We know who knows when he's going to drop out. I've got a hard out. In oh, that's
3: right. That's right. You got an, we got an hour.
1: Yeah. How,
0: How hard is it? Is it? Uh, it's pretty hard. <laughs> oh pretty hard. But still still flexible. Very nice. Very. But still flexible. Okay, like semi. Okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) Like a firm loaf of sourdough bread.
0: I really do not like where this conversation is going. (laughs) 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 It is. But not quite as fun. I understand. You know,
3: if Brent is listening to the show, he's going, boy, these guys need me.
0: Yes. They... (laughs) Or he's saying, "Look what a look what a wonderful influence I've had," and he's putting his mm. his fingertips together That's like what like
3: when I'm, when I'm not on the show. Yeah,
0: excellent. Yeah, Mario was <laughs> talking about hand dogs before we record. Hey, whoa, 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 we don't, <laughs> whoa, whoa, Mike, whoa. we don't talk <laughs> about that, that on any? the air anyway. Yeah, yo, oh, why not?
3: The cat's out of the bag. So to
0: speak. <laughs> no secrets. Are we a family-friendly family podcast? Yes, we're trying to get into the family-friendly uh, segments on uh, our sections of Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. How's that going for
2: us?
0: iTunes runs the show. Did you say I hate the Beatles? I know, right? Great. Right, right. To Apple.
3: <laughs> then he's all, right, right, you're in.
0: D- no, didn't Steve Jobs... you want
3: jo- to join us, you have to really hate the Beatles. Didn't
0: Steve Jobs already? name... Oh, yeah, didn't Steve Jobs name his company after because of the, that was the Beatles recording company?
3: Possibly, and then they sued him. They said, you can't, you know, Apple's us now.
1: <laughs> you, uh, they, they reached some sort of agreement, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of mic noise this week. Not happy with it.
1: I just <clears throat> thought he didn't like going to the doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's that? Stu. <laughs>
4: Yeah, an apple a day keeps the doctor
0: right. Oh, uh, I get it. Ouch. God, I was dumb. That went right over my head. Mostly because I wasn't paying attention, but also because I just was slow on the <laughs> uptake. Well,
1: obviously, wasn't that funny if we got to explain yeah. it? Yeah, no, just, you get
4: shorter when you get older, so it's easier for things to. I
0: thought you. you were making a reference as to how he died. Like he didn't want to go to the doctor, and so that's why he got sick. One too many uh, apples. You know who that? You know who? Do you know who that did happen to, John? Was uh, War- uh Jim Henson. Warren Zevon
1: Elvis Presley,
0: is that right? Yeah, Warren Zevon. He went. He went on Letterman and said he would not go to the doctor, but he would go to the dentist, and the dentist is the one that told him you need to go see a doctor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. His oh. dentist is the one that identified that he had it. Yeah. Jesus. So what did he have? He had uh, lung cancer. Oh. He had lung cancer. So
3: the, the dentist could tell from what was going on inside. The I map, guess,
0: huh? yeah. I guess that he knew something was up. He's like, "You need to go to a doctor right away." And Warren's Ivan hated the doctor, so he wouldn't go. It's weird that you would hate the doctor but go to the dentist. It's but, usually, yeah. Usually, like usually, people hate the dentist, or yeah. What well, it's, I, it's that, over um, on
1: the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most you go to the doctors and they cup your balls, but if you go to the dentist, they're like picking away at your teeth.
0: Right, it's right. It it would be weird.
3: Well, what if you go to the dentist and they cup your balls?
0: Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah.
4: There's That's a what joke. the movie. There's a, there's, a, there's a stand-up bit in there somewhere. That's what the movie Blue mm-hmm. Velvet's
0: all about. Um, well, lawyers, guns, and money couldn't get him out of that. But hey. Oh. There you go. Uh, what I
3: love is when Letterman said, "What would you what would your advice be, knowing what you know now? And he said, well... Enjoy every sandwich. Right. Oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> that's
0: great advice, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's weird because that interview took place before he really got sick. He, he, he really wasn't – he was still kind of trying to mm. deal with the idea that he was sick. But uh, that's a great – if you ever get a chance, look that up on Letterman. Just Warren Zivon's last show. And it was a whole yeah, –
3: he, He's the whole show, right? Yeah, he dedicated
0: the whole him. hour to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: great. Oof. Yep. And he, he told Dave, uh, you, were, you were the best friend my music ever had. And then apparently, wow. apparently <laughs> after the show, he went to his dressing room. Letterman went to Warren Zeevon's dressing room. And before he left, he, he told the story somewhere else. He unhooked his guitar and he handed it to David Letterman and said, take care of this for me. Really? Uh, yeah. Ugh. Right? So, yeah. How about that?
3: That'll make you cry. Right.
0: Anybody not crying? Uh mm. I am you guys should all listen to more Warren Zevon. I'm, I'm uh mean
3: Yeah, you were talking up the first album, right? Yeah Did man you know talking
0: up? yeah the well the self titled album which is his second album I think. Yeah, uh, Warren Z You know, werewolves of London. You know,
2: that
3: was ah, a classic.
0: I yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. I have a boy. Oh yeah, that's another yeah. That's another. What, he's like a. He's.
3: Even that's a great album.
0: <laughs> he's like a. He's like a Dave Davies man. He's uh, or like a Ray Davies. Uh, great lyrics. Like great lyrics. Little. A uh, lot of irony. A lot of humor. A lot of wit in there. So, check uh, check him out if you get a chance. All right. Hey, but we're we're, we're not. Ta- this isn't a music podcast for God's sake. It kind of is. We're, we talk. Is. We talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. Hmm. You know it. Patrick, your beard is looking great, man. It's really coming in. You're looking like an Obi Wan. You look like Obi Wan.
1: I'm. I mean, I'm preparing for the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, hello there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Why is that creepy when you say that? (laughs) Because
3: you said it like Marty Allen. Hello there. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Ah, hello there.
2: Little
0: little R two noises. Are you making R two noises, John?
3: I was trying. Yeah. Boop, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> and Marty Allen is Obi Wan Kenobi. Hello, well,
0: hello, Dad. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. John, what if we had gotten our wish, and uh, what if what if they didn't cast Alec Guinness, but they had James Mason is Obi Wan Kenobi? <laughs> oh, <my God>. Obi Wan <laughs> is a name I have not heard in a long time. That would have been great for me. James Mason can do no wrong. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> fine. It would have been a... <laughs> yeah. This is a weapon, of a, an elegant weapon for a more civilized time. <laughs> See, now,
1: that would have been fantastic, because when they recast the prequels, <laughs> trying to match that, they be like, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> yeah, because there's no young James
3: Mason. Right, <laughs> right. No, nobody talks like James yes, Mason for uh, like they, the
0: last <laughs> 60 years. It's
4: over, Anakin. I have
0: the high ground. <laughs> These are not yeah. the droids you're looking for. Yes. Oh, boy. A whole <laughs> different
3: movie. whole different movie. Right.
0: You know. Uh, yeah, try, uh, yes, is, uh, Only a master of evil, Darth. <laughs> <laughs> face the master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, face the master, Darth. Yeah, yes, come get your comeuppance. At my hand, yeah. Yes, what, what? Yes. Mm. <laughs> this was your father's uh, lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> we love James Mason. Uh, we do. Yeah, yeah. James Mason is Obi-Wan Kenobi.
4: Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to
3: get.
0: Richard Burton is. I'll
3: even watch a star <laughs> is born. I, I love James Mason so much I'll even watch a star is born. <laughs> with,
0: with Judy Garland? Is that is he the one is he in yeah. the one with Judy Garland? So you
3: know, you know. I really love him. <laughs>
0: do you not but like yes, a, Judy Garland. Do you not like a Judy Garland?
3: I'm not a big Judy Garland fan. A little of her goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you see one Judy Garland movie a year. That's going to last you.
0: What about in uh, Wizard you of like
3: Oz? The Lady Gaga version. The no. Lady Gaga version. Never saw it, and I never saw the Barbara Streisand version. Ah.
0: What What about the uh, Wizard of Oz, though?
3: Oh yeah, you know that's almost like a different. That's just a different thing all the way around.
0: You you're, you're talking about more of the Broadway. You'll be swell. You'll be great. You're talking about that. <laughs> Talk about that, Judy Garland. Yeah,
3: it's a little, it's a little much, but you know what the hell. She's got, she's got a billion fans. But she doesn't need me.
0: All right. Okay. All right.
3: So we, this is Judy Garland talk.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk Thank about you. that Judy Garland. She is a, uh, she she's a pistol.
3: She's a national treasure.
0: It's true. Just like uh, Matthew McConaughey, was he in those movies, or was that Nicolas Cage? Did I screw that up? Yeah. Who's in the okay. National Treasure uh, movies, Michael Bagford?
1: Uh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, to, to be fair, honestly, you could probably switch them out and it'd be the same movie. Right. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah,
4: trying to find the uh, Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right, all right, all right. All
4: right, all right, all right.
0: Does anybody do a Nicolas Cage?
4: Yeah. You yeah. Just kinda you just talk you just talk like a like a <laughs> surfer dude. I, I can't do
0: it. I can't much. do a very good Nichols Cage. Uh, these sound better. I can't do it. That sounded like Christian Slater.
4: I have to got to I gotta I gotta work on that one.
0: All right. I'll come back with us next week. Come back come back to it next All right. week. All right, I'll let's have it,
4: I'll have it for you next week.
1: Do your fucking homework.
0: Jesus. Yeah, do your do your do your due, <clears throat> do your due diligence. Mm. Yeah. How about that? That's okay. I'm sorry. Put in the effort, okay. Mike, Mike, yeah. Michael Bagford on a scale of one to ten and be honest. How much fun do you have doing All this right. show? How much fun do you have doing this show? Be totally honest. It's
1: like a hard four.
0: <laughs> it's a solid eight. Hey, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, that ain't bad. Hey, that's i I'll D. take that.
2: We'll take it. We'll, we'll take three, it. That's a 3.0. That I
0: feel right. like my, I feel like Mikey Baggs fits in cuz he just he doesn't he speaks when he's spoken to. I mean he's just observing and he's probably thinking we're all assholes. But then he just you know speaks when he's spoken to and he laughs when he's supposed to. I like it.
3: Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> now he's like, it just dropped to a five. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> Michael, I am Even so... Even though so... my cousin was like, you need to talk more on the show. He
0: listened <laughs> to it la- uh, last Yeah, I wouldn't mind if you talked more, Michael, but I also know that you're, you know, you're fitting in... Mean, I try
2: to. I mean, I don't want to step on other people. Then.
0: Step on anybody but me.
2: Step all over Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely not Patrick to too much to do that. This is the crosstalk. This show is all about the crosstalk, unfortunately. <laughs> Who is your favorite need aside? i to be on a crosstalk.
0: Uh, uh, Michael Bagg, rank your favorite cast members. Brent not included because oh, he's... No, he's a... I'm uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm number one. Yeah, okay. Who's
2: your least
4: favorite
0: cast member? <laughs> uh, mine?
2: <laughs> now it's gone down to a four, I think, at this point. Yeah, Myself?
0: Right. <laughs> see, that's what we want. We want you to be as miserable as we are. When we're doing this show,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. welcome yeah, to the cl- we want to our level.
0: Welcome we want you to, to the be club. welcomed and comfortable, but we also need to know.
2: Mario's uh, going to probably be yelling
0: at me in two weeks. So. I'm yelling at you now. <laughs> right. You son hey, of
2: you a gun. Luckily, <laughs> you oh, need to talk more during the show. Yeah,
0: yeah just get a, you, <laughs> Michael gets in on those uh, posts. Uh, we don't
4: have you on this show to be fucking mute, okay?
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're just have
1: to crush your spirit.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah.
4: We welcome, we welcome you with open arms, and we have a knife while we're hugging you. Now Behind you
0: them. come to me with open... Oh, sorry. What? That, hello? Lord. hello? How about Good that? Good God. What?
2: Good God, y'all. Come, down
0: to free. come on. We all love Journey. We all love them. We're, there's no pretending. Mm. Let's not pretend mm. like we don't love Journey. Uh, all right, guys. Mm. Let's talk about Ed Wood. That's this week's digital Ed. movie. Patrick, take Ed. it away.
1: All righty. Ed Wood released in 1994 uh, on September 28th. Got a 7.8 on IMDb, a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with a directed by Tim Burton with a budget of $18 million gross worldwide. Who wants to guess?
2: I'll say 30.
1: Okay. I'll
2: say 35 million.
1: Okay.
3: I'm not going to guess because I know the answer. It lost money.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Ooh, really, John?
3: It didn't make a profit, no.
0: And then I will say, what what was it made yeah, for?
1: Mario cheat, there.
0: cheat, Sorry it was about made that. Made for eighteen million dollars. I'm gonna say it made ten million.
1: This was a massive flop at a five point eight
0: million. Oh, flop. Shit. and that,
1: and that's worldwide. That was rough. This did not do well at all, but. Yes. Gained a little bit of fame
0: afterwards, right? Became a cult hit and yes. won the Oscar for uh, Martin Landau. So also
3: for Rick Baker for for makeup. That's
0: no. oh, that's right, that's right, that is right. Uh, so who had not seen this film? I, I not. haven't. Seen it. Oh wow! So this is a never seen for everybody, but me and John.
1: No, I've seen it.
0: You had Anybody seen but it, you and John. You had, had seen it, before. Patrick. So what was it like watching it again? Did you like this movie? Was it not? Was it not?
1: I I struggle with the first half of this film. And I think it's just getting used to the character of Ed Wood and kind of falling into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Martin Landau as Bela Lugosi. I think he does a fantastic job. And you feel a lot of that emotion um, and that kind of failing it's listed as a comedy, and I don't find a lot of this movie funny. It's it's kind of in a gray area for me. It borders biopic, and it borders dark comedy, but it's not enough of one or the other to really fit. Um, but I, I I enjoy this film. Uh, it's not something I watch a lot. Uh, I watched it a couple of years ago. I think Justine actually made me watch it for the first time. Um, Go, Justine. And... I really appreciate some of the Hollywood history that you get out of this. I I think that's probably the biggest thing I take away from it. Um, And you, the, probably the best thing about this film is you really see his passion for what he's doing and the films he makes and the people that are his heroes. And I think that really kind of wins it over for me a little bit more, but I I think it needs a little bit more of a uh, attention as far as being a actual. Um, I don't think it's a comedy. I, I think it's definitely mislabeled. Uh, there are no like laugh out loud moments. It's, what it's very? Did tight. anybody label this? I don't know if it was even sold as. I guess it was sold as a comedy. It is, it is sold and listed as a comedy. Because they didn't know what to do with it,
2: <laughs> but it it's, really is a it's, comedy.
1: It, it's somewhere in between. There's like one or two jokes towards the end of the film, but otherwise, it's it's a drama comedy, is what they call it, and that's a very strange uh, genre to be in.
0: Bill Murray talking it's, about uh, Bill Murray no, about like Doctor Strange. Like Bill Murray <laughs> going talking about going to Mexico and the mariachi saving his it's, life. Uh, <laughs> there come are on, some great whole,
1: <laughs> It it yeah. just. I think, like I said, I think the first half of this film is really slow, and then once he after, I think it's really after the transvestite film that he actually starts to pick up a little bit more, uh, and it gets a little bit more interesting and draws you in.
0: All right, that's fair. That's a fair did assessment. You, did you did you, en-
1: did you enjoy it? Uh, I I do enjoy this film. I like I said, I I enjoyed the second half of this film definitely a lot more than the first. And I can appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Why is my phone making noise? I don't know. My phone just started playing music all of a sudden. Just wow. By, just by itself. What kind of music? Uh, nice. A little, little hip-hop. Lucky. Jake, you had never seen this, baby. Give me your thoughts. No, I haven't. Um... Yeah, I agree. I agree with
4: Patrick. I think it's one. I well, it's more once Bella Lugosi comes into the picture, where I think the movie starts to pick up. So I think yeah, that's right after his uh, transvestite movie, right? I he think.
1: he showed up to that point, but he becomes 100. more prevalent after that fact. Yeah, but
4: it's once he starts to get into the picture, and you see the relationship between him and Ed Wood, is where I think the movie starts to get a lot more interesting. Um, cause yeah, I don't know. Before then, it was just so, it's like off, it's so drawn out and slow. But it's, yeah, once, uh, Bella Lugosi comes in, it's where shit kind of starts to escalate and you start to see how broken Bella Lugosi is being a washed up actor. And it's, yeah, it gets
0: interesting from there. But so you felt it was slow up until the time your man Bella Lugosi shows up. Hmm.
4: And man, Martin Landau just knocked out of the park with his with his uh, or playing Bill Lagosi. I thought it was such a great
1: such a great job. Yes. Oh, and Vincent D'Onofrio does a fantastic job as Orson Welles.
0: Right, he does sound like him, doesn't it, he? I don't he's, sound, he sounds he's in unheadily. there for
1: like two seconds, and I'm like, holy shit, he sounds just like him. Mm-hmm. Now, Patrick, let me let you in
3: on a secret. It's uncredited that is Vincent D'Onofrio the voice is that um oh god what's his name um Maurice LaMarche, the guy that did pinky in the brain that's oh, who's doing doing the the, yeah that's who's doing the voice and when you oh. know pinky in the brain it's unmistakable it yeah. <laughs> makes
1: perfect sense it's a good I dubbing thinking, job. i was thinking to myself after that i was like god damn like he is not given enough props for that role cuz that was well just-
3: it makes me wonder when they decided to dub him because it looks, he's doing great with the body language and the eyes. Yeah. And about the third time I saw it, somebody, uh, it's actually on the internet now. They said it's actually been, he was dubbed and this was about a year before Pinky and the brain's first episode. So somebody knew Um, this guy. They knew he could do a good Orson Welles, even before Pinky and the brain.
0: That's hilarious.
3: And, uh, it's so on the money and the, the dubbing is so good that you think it is Vincent D'Onofrio, you know?
2: Yeah
3: beautiful you're right you just go holy shit it's like you're looking at orson wells
0: you know they want was, charlton Heston to was, play a mexican same thing we do every night pinky
3: <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. and then just you go oh
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. great job uh Understood. great um great job from the whole cast just yeah i just yeah it took a while to took a while to pick up didn't quite gel for you either yeah, and for yeah, it being a comedy, there I didn't really. I only laughed at, um, yeah, a couple, I only laughed at a, like a handful of scenes.
1: I didn't hate Jessica Sarah Jessica Parker in this at least. No, she's good. She's fine. Made me feel a little bit better.
0: Do you mm-hmm. do you usually hate her? Yes. Why? Ooh, wow, that's she's weird. She's
1: good in this and Mars Attacks, and that's about it.
4: Oh my God, she's we're not a fan
1: Mars. of uh, Sex in the City. yeah? <laughs> oh.
0: Uh, do, you do, like with, do you think that has more to do with You think there has more to do with her character than with her?
1: Uh I think it has more to do with me.
0: I'm just not liking her.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm just not a fan of her. Like she's super popular in a lot of circles and I think that these characters in both of those films kind of seem a little bit more uh, they fit her. She does a good job
0: in this film. Okay. That's fair. Mikey Baggs had never seen this movie. Mikey, what did you think? Um, I had not seen this for several years. Oh, you had uh, not it seen it for several years. That. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I thought you hadn't seen well,
2: it. Well, I've never seen the film, but there was, a, there was a reason I hadn't seen it for most of my life. Because mainly I never really liked most of Tim Burton's films. It's a, he seems more like a guy that's style over substance. And especially after Ed Wood, like the direction he went in, is like films that I'm not really a big fan of. Okay, but I mean, I started getting into to watching like bad films via Mystery Science Theater three thousand, oh. so I started appreciating stuff like that. So when I started hearing about Ed Wood, that seemed like a film that I'd be interested in watching because I kind, of, it's kind of fascinating to see like how. you know how a shitty film gets made and right you know the mind behind it so i was very interested in watching this film so i was glad this week we were finally able to watch it and i really liked this film i i didn't have any of the pacing issues that jake and patrick had in it i was uh, riveted the whole entire time um, I really enjoyed Martin Landau's uh, performance on this. He did a fantastic job as Bella Lugosi. And I really liked uh, Bill Murray's <laughs>
0: performance
2: <laughs> of Connie. No, so, I so. He introduced the tour character as well. Uh, I think they got uh, George the
0: Steel. George the animal, animal Steel, player. yeah. He was a wrestler.
2: Yeah, it's just you know it was it was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. I think it's, I think this is my uh, favorite uh, Tim Burton film I've seen. Nice. The other one would be uh, Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure.
0: There you go. Yeah. Uh, No, this if you like the subject matter, and John and I definitely this is like in our wheelhouse. It's the '50s. It's uh, all the weird, you know, it's low budget filmmaking. Um, You know, we're fans of Martin Landau because of Mission Impossible, and then. To have him as Bella Lugosi is like a you know that's even better. Uh, that that adds to it. So I think if you're into the, into this you know kind of like you said like the 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 grade Z filmmaking and everything the story behind it and now he's just kind of like this on the fringes of Hollywood in the '50s and how what he has to do to get this movie made. And, uh, you know, even though it's, you know, to him, this is like the Ten Commandments. There's no difference between what he's doing in his mind than what, you know, like somebody like Cecil B. DeMille or Orson Welles is doing. You know, to him, it's all the same. And uh, he's just such a relentlessly positive character. And, uh, you know, in spite of having these, you know, these, 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 uh, in spite of being a transvestite, which in the 50s, that's, you know, I mean, that's something that you could not come out with at all right that would ruin you forever and so it's That's kind of this kiss of death yeah and so it's like this fascinating portrait of this person uh who just managed to be, uh, aside from all that managed to be you know relentlessly positive and just have a can-do spirit and say like i'm going to get this done i'm going to make this movie and we're going to do it and uh it's going to be great and uh you know how that he kind of collects people that way that spirit kind of collects the, the, you know, he, he gets this collection of people around him that help him. Uh, so, yeah, to me, this is always, I, I, I like the cinematography. I like the the feel of it. Um, to me, it's it's funny. I think of it as more of a comedy than a drama just because of the way it's played. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not a comedy in the way that Caddyshack is a comedy. But it, to me, there's some funny stuff in here. So. I always think of it that way. John, does this movie hold up for you?
3: It does. I I loved it when it came out, and uh, it still holds up great. Um, You're right. It's our wheelhouse. It's a movie. I love movies about making movies. That's why I like uh, things like um, uh, Nickelodeon and uh, Matinee. I, I love movies about making movies. And I'm a big Lugosi fan. And you're right. We were both... Martin Landau fan, So, what could be better than Martin Landau doing Lugosi? Right. And uh, and he did. He didn't. He was. He said he was not interested in doing a, an impression. He wanted to really portray Lugosi as he was and not go for the easy laugh. So uh, he said, "I'm only going to do this if you can make me look a little more like Lugosi, because I don't think it'll work. I don't. My face doesn't look anything like Lugosi's." Right. So Rick Baker said, "We can just do a couple subtle things. It's not like going to be a mask." Or an appliance it's just gonna be little things like the ears and the chin and i'll give you an appliance uh for your upper lips uh your upper lip it, so you'll look more like lugosi and that'll be all it will be it won't be anything cumbersome and he said once he saw that in the mirror he said okay i think i can do it because and he said it's tough because i have to do the accent and then i have to do the voice so he said that's it was is tricky i had to do an authentic hungarian accent because lugosi never lost his accent you know he it took him years to figure out how to speak English. You know, he was almost doing it phonetically when he did Dracula. Part of the reason it sounds so otherworldly is because he still didn't have a firm grasp of English. You know, so the way he would, his inflection on certain lines would be very odd. And they said that's perfect for Dracula because he's supposed to be sort of not of this world anyway. So I think Landau just did. A Sam, this is Mario.
0: Beautiful,
3: beautiful performance and really bringing out. Am I working the by this time in his he cannot, life, he cannot get a... Okay, I just want to make sure I, I am Wood, off. It's the bottom of the barrel, but it's yeah, some money. Okay, I won't see you and then. I'm Wood, sorry. From what I've read, really oh, did care about him God, and really was one of the only day. people around I when he needed somebody. I'll talk to you later. Uh, financially and even just as moral support to get him down to the uh, to the uh, the uh, rehab clinic and all that. So uh, that part, I know things have been embellished uh, in this movie, but that was something that was real, that at the end of his life, Ed Wood was a guy who was really there for him. Right. And so uh,
0: I know you. I don't don't want to interrupt you, John, but I want I want you to take take a minute to what you normally do in this situation, and I want you to defend Boris Karloff because I know that this is a (laughs) this is a a sticking point for you. (laughs) Uh,
3: You know what's funny is um, most people that knew both of them, they did about eight movies together. Uh, It was a big deal when you could get two of them in one movie, like the Black Cat or the Raven. It was Karloff and Lugosi together. You know, the posters would say, Boris, Frankenstein, Karloff with Bella, Dracula, Lugosi. And it was a big deal. And they did about seven or eight together. And people always used to talk about how there was this rivalry. But when you talk about people who knew both of them, they said, eh, not so much. They were both professionals. And um, there might have been some jealousy on Lugosi's part because he did turn down Frankenstein. He considered himself sort of like a, uh, you know, in, in hung- uh, when he was uh, in Hungary, he did uh, Shakespeare. And he did the Passion Play. There's pictures of him as Jesus Christ in the Passion Play Wow, Hungry. So he yeah. could do anything. He said, when I was on stage, I did comedies, I did romances, I did mysteries. He comes here, he does Dracula, and he does it on stage, and it's a big hit. And then he's the natural to do the movie. And he said, I never thought in a million years that that would be it, that Hollywood just said, you're Dracula? Well, that's it. That's all you're going to be. You're going to play a vampire or the, the boogeyman the rest of your life. They did not see him as anything else. With Karloff, he was able to break into movies that weren't horror movies. It took him a while, but he was able to do things that weren't horror movies. So as far as comparing him, you know, some people have a favorite. It's like comparing The Beatles and The Stones. I say they're both great. I don't know that you have to pick one. I think Karloff had a little more range as far as what he was able to do. And Karloff never was down on his luck because... Um, he made some pretty, uh, he was always hireable, even when they stopped doing monster movies. They would always hire him for other things. He could do movies that were non-horror movies. And, um, and he wasn't down on his luck, because when he did Arsenic and Old Lace on stage, um, they offered him a piece of it, you know, like 1% or 2%, but it was enough to, to set him up for life. Not super wealthy, but he never had, it was kind of like Alec Guinness with Star Wars. Karloff never had to take a part he didn't want to take for the money. And um, but that with Legosi that was not true. By the end of his life, he could not get work in any kind of picture, and that's where Ed Wood came in. Uh, these were bottom of the barrel, but at least it was work. And um, that's why it's so great at the end, you know, when he writes that speech for him, and it's really touching because you know Legosi says, "Wow, this is I I can connect with these words." When he says, "I'm not going to have any trouble memorizing this speech because you know this hits home," you know, right. So uh, what his son said is that he never used that kind of language. He never would have called Karloff a limey cocksucker. Uh, it's a funny line. You can see why they wrote it. But they said in real life, he never would have gone off. off. Uh, he wouldn't have gone off like that. And he certainly right. would have, wouldn't have used that language on a film set.
0: But it is uh, funny.
3: But it's a, it's, a, it's a big laugh. It's <laughs> yeah, a funny line. It's a great because laugh. Because you're not expecting but it. In real, you're not expecting it. But they said in real life, he wouldn't have said that in on the set. He wouldn't have used that kind of language. And as far as anybody can tell, if he felt any sort of jealousy or resentfulness toward Karloff, he kind of kept it to himself. He could have had Frankenstein, but he thought it was just, it's like he says in the movie, it's a lot of makeup and walking around grunting. And so at the time he probably thought this isn't for me. What Karloff did with a, with a, with a role that was a lot of grunting and a lot of makeup was he really injected a hell of a lot of pathos uh, just do, the eyes and the uh, and the, and the pantomime. You know, he, that, that he could bring that much uh, sentiment to a, to a role. He was able could barely make for all that makeup. Right. Exactly. So And he was a starving actor. That's the thing about that, is he takes that part because he's been in Hollywood for like 15 years and cannot really make a dent. He takes it because he's a starving actor and it makes his career. It absolutely puts him into the... He's the name above the title. He's like Garbo. Now it's like Karloff in the mummy or Karloff right. in the black cat so didn't mean to digress there i'll just no. wrap it up no but no. I, i'm a Karloff fan so th- when people say which one i say they're both great i think Karloff had a little more range and i'm a Karlov's my favorite but lugosi is wonderful too and car- lugosi pulls off the trick of stealing there's a movie called son of frankenstein lugosi steals the movie because car uh he's just so um He's just so amazingly colorful. He plays like this. Uh, this. Uh, he plays a blacksmith that's like a grave robber. He's had it. He's been hanged. So through the whole movie, he's got this like like he's got a broken neck poking through his through his skin, and uh, his name's Igor. That's the original Igor right there. And he steals the movie. Everybody says it. He steals. It's the one movie that he was able to steal away from Karloff because it was such a colorful character and done so well, and it sounds nothing like Dracula. For people that thought Lugosi could only do Dracula, this is a character that is nothing uh, like Dracula whatsoever in speech or body and that's, language. That's so I wanted to know...
0: That, that's yeah. Son of Frankenstein with... Uh, isn't the great Basil Rathbone in that as well?
3: It's, yeah. I'll tell you, it's a, no pun intended, it's a murderer's row of great actors. you got Basil Rathbone, Lionel Atwell. Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff. It's insane, the talent. And they're all hamming it up, and the one guy that steals the movie is Bela Lugosi. I love So it. that's the secret <laughs> weapon for people that think all he could do is come out in a cape and do a vampire. That's the movie to catch and say, wow, he did have range, because this character is the opposite end of the spectrum from a suave, continental you know, bloodsucker. You know?
0: and, and he pulls the strings. Pull the
3: strings. But uh, my favorite lines in the movie, I know we're on a time limit, but I will say my favorite lines in the movie are um, when he's on the phone with the guy from Warner Brothers, and he goes, really? Worst movie you ever saw? Well, the next one will be better. (laughs) (laughs) And the other great line is uh, Bill Murray, when he's being uh, baptized, and they say, do you reject Satan and all his works? And he's all, sure.
2: Sure.
3: (laughs) And And then he says... How do you do it? How do you get all your friends to be baptized to make some crummy monster movie?
0: <laughs> I love it. Bunny.
3: And the other, favorite li- the other favorite line is when he's at the, uh, he's at the they're, uh, they're having dinner and he's sitting next to Criswell. And he says, wow, Cris, how, how'd you know all that stuff about us living on the moon, you know? And he's all, I guess. <laughs> and he's all, what do you want me to say? You put on a tux, people expect you to know something. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he says, it's all showbiz, you know? <laughs> And he looks so down. He's like, oh, you mean we won't be living on the moon in the year 2070?
0: (laughs) Uh, Chris. Uh, Calls him Chris.
3: Great movie. Great movie. I love the the soundtrack, like you said, Mario. Great, beautiful cinematography. Great black and white. The soundtrack is right on the money. Because it's all that sort of tiki bongos, you know, stuff that was big in the 50s. Right. All that sort of lounge music. Oh,
1: When they're sitting in uh, the bar and you see Ed Wood just dancing around. He's the only person at the table sitting next to Baba Lugosi just dancing like a maniac to the volume. Yeah. He's having the time of his life. It's right. Ridiculous. Yeah. A great. And I love all the uh, they
3: make very good use of places that were still that are still around. Uh, Bordner's really is a bar in Hollywood right next to the Egyptian theater. That uh, that bar is right there. That little place next door is there where uh, Lugosi's in the coffin and says this is the most uncomfortable coffin I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. That's there. And and Musso and Frank, where he uh, meets up with Orson Welles. Musso and Frank is still there. That's right. It's like 100 years old. It, it's the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. It's uh, still there. Uh, yeah, this... I love the fact that they made beautiful use of all the locations. Uh,
0: who was your favorite character in this one? Uh, Jake, who did you like the best? Your favorite character? Was it Vampira? Was it Tor Johnson? Was it... Uh... Oh, Vampire, mm? <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's Tim Burton's ex-wife, um, right, John?
3: Is it? Yeah, uh, they were married. Yeah, that's Lisa Marie. She's in a lot of his movies. They were married, I think, maybe 10 years.
0: She's the, uh, alien, the alien in Mars, Mars Attacks, Attacks with the head that doesn't fit.
3: Yeah. yeah and she's also, uh, I think she plays Nova in his remake of uh, Planet of the Apes.
0: Oh. Uh, I'm saying,
3: were they, were they married or were they, maybe he was, she was just his girlfriend. I don't know. Maybe. They were together quite a while. Yeah,
0: She was and, the one uh, before uh, Helena, so Helena so Bonham caught her.
3: Right, right But uh, she's great in this Where are you going to find somebody who can actually uh, There's not too many bodies that can pull off Vampyra You know, she's pretty much the hourglass of, the end all hourglasses As far as bodies go Pretty tough She was perfect in that, in that outfit with the makeup
0: Because that's what vampira really looked like
3: Yep Well, she certainly had a crazy She had a really thin, uh, thin waist She did all kinds of crazy stuff to get her waist down to just about nothing. So, I don't know.
0: For those of you that don't and that's know... that's
3: pretty much true. Th- that part was true. She was down on her luck. She uh, she was riding high with that TV show, and then when she got fired, she needed the money. That's why she did Plow Nine from Outer Space, and she did say, look, I, I know this is going to be a crummy movie. How about if I don't have any dialogue? She's looking at the script, and she really did say, how about you just make my character mute? I'm a zombie anyway. Just make me mute. I don't want to have to say any of this dialog <laughs> Uh. And that is um, the only reason people know what Vampyra looks like, you know, outside of a few photos is because of that movie. There was no surviving record of her TV show until very recently. They found about two or three minutes. uh, Somebody found a a commercial for the show. Uh, But there was no actual physical record of her show from like 53 or whenever it was. So the only physical record you had of Vampyra moving around was in Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's you know one valuable asset that this movie was able to contribute. Uh
0: who's your who's your favorite Jake?
3: My
4: favorite um ooh. I'll say Bunny.
0: Bunny was good. Patrick.
1: It's definitely Martin Lando. He does such a good job. Mikey. P- he, you feel the
0: pain. Yeah, he does he he brings a, he brings a lot to that role. Uh what, what, what and it doesn't come off as a cheap imitation either, John like no, like John it, said he,
1: he, he you definitely feel like he's trying to honor him and show respect and right. it it feels real.
0: Right. Mikey Bags. Um I'll probably have to say Bella's my favorite character in the oh. film. John, same.
3: Absolutely. I think Martin Landau does a great job. Uh, a wonderful, fully dimensional portrait. Yeah. And he, he, he knew what it was like to be an actor who loved acting and but was stuck in some crappy movies. Let's not forget Martin Landau was in a movie, a TV movie called uh, The Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> and so he knew he knew what it was like to be, you know, he had done Hitchcock. Martin Landau had done sure. Hitchcock movies. He'd worked Great. for the best of the best. He knew what it was like to be stuck doing shitty movies. And he watched, he said, I sat down and did my research And I watched about nine Bella Lugosi movies And he said, even in the worst of them He is giving it a hundred percent So I think he really, yeah, he did honor
2: that
0: Yeah, I, I would have to say As much as I love uh, Ed Wood and, and Johnny Depp's performance of him And like I said, the relentless positivity uh, You know, Martin Landau steals it He's not in it for He's in it for maybe a third of the movie all the way through but uh, you remember every scene with him, and so it—he uh, does leave an impression. But yeah, Bill Murray's great in the—you know—he's Bill Murray always does this. He—he—you he give him like ten lines, and he he just walks away. You know, he he makes a a, a pretty good attempt at stealing the movie with you know the few lines it's that like you
3: Tootsie. Give. I thought I thought this is like yeah. Tootsie. He's barely in it, but you remember every line, right?
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you renounce Satan in all of his works? <laughs> sure. (laughs)
3: yeah and that's just the greatest and that's so subtle you know just he sort of like just wrinkles his nose up sure whatever
2: (laughs) it wasn't this at the point where like bill murray's career was kind of going downhill at the time i wonder where was he in 94 yeah
0: he had i mean he had done he he had done groundhog day but he hadn't quite it wasn't he hadn't hit the renaissance yet that he would hit with like lost in translation and all those movies yet so I think a lot of those 80s SNL guys were kind of in, a, kind of in, the, in the doldrums at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What a, I'm glad you guys – well, you know, I mean, you know, you guys, at least you guys appreciated the performances. If you, the movie didn't grab you 100%, I'm glad you at least appreciated the uh, performances. Did it make it, – either of you, Jake or Patrick, did it make you want to watch Ed Wood movies?
2: Uh,
1: no. <laughs> I mean, I, I can appreciate them for their corniness, uh, but no, not really. Maybe Mario, have you I ever watched said- some Bella Lugosi
0: stuff? Yeah, oh, you,
1: yeah, for sure. for sure.
0: You should always watch yeah, Bella Lugosi did some stuff.
3: Really, he did some great ones. If you ever get a chance to see White Zombie, that's the one they're watching on TV when he's got the two chihuahuas sitting in his lap. And he says, how do you do that with your hand? That's White Zombie, and that's worth catching. Uh, that's the one that came out after <laughs> Dracula. <doing> that's really <laughs> worth checking out. <laughs> but uh, if, Mario, had you ever seen uh, Plan 9 all the way through? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because remember that movie? There was a movie called. Um, it came,
0: it came from, from Hollywood. Hollywood. Right.
3: They give you little bits and pieces of bad movies, and they give you maybe like four minutes of Plan 9 from outer space. And I remember thinking, oh, this is pretty funny. I think I'll sit down and watch the whole thing. And it's just about impossible. Unless you have like a commentary running, right, right, like right, history science theater, if you're watching it without that, it's pretty tough to sit through the whole damn movie. <laughs>
0: right. I remember seeing it on like Channel Nine as a kid or Channel Thirteen. Yeah. And my brother going, "Oh man, this movie sucks. Let's watch it." You know, I remember that. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> you know, it already had the reputation. You know, it
3: was a lost. It was a movie nobody talked about until there was this book that came out in the '80s called Golden Turkeys, and they were talking about the 50 worst movies of all time and they rated it the worst movie ever made. Right. Plan from Matter Space. They gave it and so suddenly everybody knew the title and they all knew Ed Wood. Nobody knew who Ed Wood was until that book came out. Then everybody started writing about it. <laughs> like, oh, who's this Ed Wood? Did he do anything else? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's sad. It's, I mean, it's sad because you know it's, it's, like, it's just a guy who wants to do a good job and can't. He doesn't have the talent. You know, it's, it's kind of it's, it's kind of a tragedy. It's a tragedy because he has he just
3: wants to make movies. Right. He just wants to make movies. You know. He has
0: all the earnestness in the world and all the gumption and just no talent. And so it's kind of no sad problem. in that way. It's it's kind of a tragic tale in that way. But uh, that's
3: why it's sad at the end when uh, it's it's sad and funny when he says this is the one. This is the one I'll be remembered for. It's like, yeah, but you don't know how they're going to remember for it, you know?
0: (laughs) Right.
1: So I was reading some trivia, and one of the things that stood out to me was the fact that uh, at one point during filming, his wife showed up to the set, his actual wife, um, Legosi's wife. Johnny Depp was really no, no Woods uh, Woods' wife.
0: Oh, Ed Wood's wife. Uh,
1: Yeah, and Johnny Depp was really concerned because there was like a scene where he was Ed Wood was supposed to look pretty like fucked up in a mess and. Kind of like a crazy person. Uh, and he was really concerned, like he didn't want to offend her or anything like that. And she walks on set and she says, There's my ed. Wow. Uh, That's crazy. It was really sweet. Oh, wow. And you could tell, like, she truly loved and supported him, and she did not care whether or not he was successful or not. She just loved him mm. unconditionally. Mm. <laughs>
0: There's my Ed. That's Beautiful. man. That's a that that kind of touched me right there. Yeah, I'm not gonna it lie. Was,
1: when I read it, it was really sweet. I was surprised. It was like, wow, that's that, that cool.
0: Michael Bagford, have you gone back and explored any of the other Ed Wood films or? Um, I've seen some of the Ed Wood films on. There was
2: Mystery Science Theater three thousand we covered a couple right of those films. Yeah, uh, Bride of the Monster, which is actually. They cover that in this film, and there was one that they did after Plan 9 uh, called The Sinister Urge. Right.
0: And I've seen Plan 9 from Outer Space, the Rift tracks version of it. Sure. Uh, you know, there's something about those movies. Um, you know, if you if you think about it—hold on, I'm going to sneeze. I apologize. We'll just edit that out later. Well, a third sneeze, that's rare, but, uh, you know, you're welcome. John, there's not something much. about, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, Michael, uh, or Jake or 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 handsome Dan, but we watched mm-hmm. uh, we watched Night of the Living Dead, did we not? Uh, so yeah. for me, like the, these movies are kind of born of the same idea. It's people with a with a, an idea for a movie. It's low budget. We're going to go out and we're going to shoot it. We're going to cast some people in it. We're going to shoot it. But the the results could not be diff far oh. more different. <laughs> no. The they the results could not be more different, right? So you think of you think of kind of like you think of uh Night of the Living Dead as kind of the ultimate uh the ultimate low budget movie from that era from the 50s and 60s, right? Yeah. And it's a triumph and we still talk about it and it's influenced everything, you know, since with The Walking Dead and all that stuff. And then you look at something like Plan 9 and you just go, "Wow, this is the opposite of that, but it's the same ideas, right?" It's a guy has an idea he wants to make a movie, he writes it out, does it, and you know, but the- it's what you said,
3: Mario. It's what you said. The difference is talent because George Romero was able to make his limitations work for him. It, it's a limited budget, but somehow it made the film even creepier and more right like documentary like, like it's really happening. He had the talent to make the low budget work for right. him, Ed Wood. It's like it's working against him. You can I think tell.
1: also cohesive story really helps. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Right. And not
3: relying, yeah, not relying too, right. He's not a good writer. And also not relying on all that, uh, you know, that uh, stock footage. He was famous for just sticking stuff in there because he thought it looked cool. And you're like, why? Why am I looking at Buffalo? You know, it's like, <laughs> why am I looking at that? You know? Right. Right. It's almost like for him, it was enough that it was moving. If it's film, it's put it in, you know? Sure. <laughs> like-
0: uh so
3: yeah talent. also Carnival of Souls, if you ever saw Carnival of Souls, yeah, it was made on a really low budget in like a week by some guy who was doing like um industrial, industrial films. Mm-hmm. safety films yeah and he was able to make that pretty creepy. It's all in how you write it and block it and uh and edit it, and there's a way to make the budget work for you even if it's a low budget, you know
0: right, right, all right, well, let's rank it, let's rank Ed Wood, everybody. Let's. Uh, we're going to start with our ha- our own handsome Dan. Handsome. He's handsome.
4: Mm. Yes, sir. I give it a
0: seven. Hey, not bad, Patrick.
1: Six
0: and a half. Six point five. Not bad. I, uh, actually, better than I was. A little bit, yes, better than I was great. expecting from you, Michael Bagford. Nine out of ten. Nice, hey. Mikey Bags. John Sandy.
3: Beautiful. Uh, you know, I give it a ten. It's a favorite. I love the way it's done. I love the subject matter. I love everything about it.
0: I love it. All right, I'm gonna, this is a, this is an eight for me. A solid eight all around. Solid eight. So, uh, <clears throat> I think with me, the only problem is to, for me. This movie kind of starts to kind of drag a little towards the end. You know, just a little bit. But uh, but John, you and I never finished the the Batman conversation, and I wanted to give you my my ranking for that. I gave the, oh, that's when I faded out. I gave the Batman an eight. And, uh, Great. And uh, the reason I didn't score it higher was because, why? I give up. 30 minutes too long. Like every other movie, 30 minutes oh, too sure. long. Oh,
3: sure. Sure, sure, for sure. Yeah. What did I give it? Did I give it an eight? I don't
0: I remember I it what you break. said. I don't remember what you said. But I gave yeah, it about an eight. I
3: gave it an eight.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's a
3: good rating. I, it wasn't perfect. And you're right, it's a little long, like, like you said, like all movies these days, a little long. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, but then I was thinking, well, we could wait another three years before the next one, so I'll take it. You know? right. like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And I, Mario, I will tell you that uh, you've probably seen this online. Uh, there's about four minutes of unused uh, Joker footage that, he's po- that Warner Brothers has posted online. And it's pretty interesting. They, you can see a little better what he looks like through the, uh, through the, um, the cell window. Oh, I thought and it's a steam that they filmed and that he cut kind of like silence of the lambs where he was going to maybe help him, you know, like here, what do you think of this guy? You know, maybe me. you can help me find him. and they cut it. So if you're interested, find that on YouTube. It's about four or five minutes. Oh, I'll check it out.
2: Used
0: Joker Joker footage. Yeah, I'll check it out uh, for next week. I didn't even check, man. It's the gimp next week. Is it Pulp Fiction next week? It's Pulp Fiction. Wow. Michael bags. Are you coming back for Pulp Fiction week? a crazy week too hopefully
2: um, next week might be a little crazy
0: Hey, you Mm -hmm. let me know if you can make it we are always welcome there's always a seat at the table for you my friend if you can't make it you're welcome back anytime you know that we love you where can we find you Mike
2: Uh, I'm over at the Twitter at Michael Bagford Uh, I'll post my podcast appearances post my album of the day all that good shit what was the album of the day today uh, it was Robert Plant's Now and Zen.
0: From wow, eighty-eight, really
2: good album.
0: John, what do you feel about Robert Plant's Now and Zen from eighty-eight? I like
3: it. That might be like the last one I bought.
0: <laughs> All
3: right. yeah, that's a good one.
0: I'm telling you, you guys are long lost twins. You and Mikey Bags. <laughs> oh, Mike, how did the uh, how did the uh, trivia game go last week with uh, with uh, Murray Valeriano and everybody? How'd you do? The name that oh, tune? It was great. Did you win?
2: What? Uh no. You know what? Oh yeah, our team
0: won that. Yeah, we won. Oh, there you go. See? You who was on your team?
2: Uh
0: it might be people that oh, don't that people we don't know. Okay, well then shout out to your team though. I'm I'm sure you were on my
2: team, actually. I'm sure you were the no, captain.
0: You were the captain and uh, uh
2: David, David Festini was the captain.
0: Mm. Well, sh- well shout out to you guys and you good job for you and and uh, uh Patrick, what are you doing these days? See, I said that on purpose because he got up and walked away. That's wow, son of a dude. We're closing it out, and he gets up and goes to the peepee house. I know he does this all the time. John, where can we find yeah. you on social media? You can't. You can't. <laughs> this is, uh, so you'll just have to catch me on uh, this show right here. This is the only place to find John. Say, John Sandys back, and we've got him.
3: Hmm. And everyone's all who.
0: <laughs> You'll find him browsing your local record store. Jerry's back and the French. Have got him. <laughs> uh, uh, SCTV, the gift that keeps on giving. Patrick, what are you up to these days, man?
1: Me, nothing. Working. Okay. Have a puppy.
0: Are you doing art?
1: No, I don't have time. I have a puppy to take care
0: of. Listen, it takes uh, up all my free time. You let that puppy out and let the other dog raise him. So he can learn to be a real dog and you yeah. live your life. You understand the other me?
1: It's not even a real dog. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dog animals.
1: All right, it's
0: a great guys, sound
1: bite. It's a great soundbite. Even
3: the other dog, isn't the real dog.
0: All right, guys, what a great show. Thanks for hanging with us again this week, guys. We'll be back next week with Pulp Fiction. We'll probably have Brent back by then, probably Justine back. If not come back anyway. Cause you know why me, John Sandy, uh, uh, Patrick, Jake and possibly Mikey Bagford. We'll will carry you into the weekend, okay? We'll get you there. We'll get, we'll get you there. We'll get you over the hump. That's what we're here to do. That's what this is. This is the show that gets you over the hump, right, honey? Uh huh.
4: All right, we'll be back.
0: Okay, love, ya. Is love you. Is it hump? Did hump Hump or How death? Never thought of that. What?
3: How's it? We never thought of that. It's hump day.
0: Hump day. It's the show that gets you over the hump. Like we're flying over the hump. hump, flying over the hump. That's
1: right.
0: Just like WW two
1: <laughs> took my teeth out. in WW two. What's
0: that? Wow! He
1: took
0: his teeth out in WW two. Who's that? Oh, that's Ed, Ed that. Wood. Wood. That's right.
3: Oh, I love that he scares the kids <laughs> on do. can't scare the kids. Who scares the kids? Ed Wood without his choppers.
0: That's right. <laughs> his beautiful, beautiful choppers. Alright, for Jake, for Patrick For Michael Bagford, our special guest For my right hand man John Sandy, we will say This transmission ends now Until next time Unity